Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. And on this episode, I'm going to be just talking to Nate. We're going to be talking about evolution, about creation, about the black holes and the freaking big bangs and all that stuff. And just how God plays a role in it on episode 59, Pilgrims and Prodigals podcast. Enjoy. Paleontological anthropologists. I mean, why not? Just as a very long word. I bet you could probably make a lot of money just by being like, yeah, I'm a paleontologic anthropologist. Paleontological. Paleontological anthropology. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Are we... Are we streaming this or just recording? Uh, let's just record it. I'm not feeling like streaming it tonight. I want to get on Probably a set. Probably kind of Yeah, I want to get on a set schedule with that. But I mean, really, we need to do it like every Friday or every Monday or whatever. But sure. Yeah, man. So what's been up, Nate? How you been? I've uh, been good. Been uh. Up in Michigan, Michigan, and uh, I'm over in central Illinois right now. So yeah, what is this? Did you just thumb me? <laughs> you just try to you just try to finger me. <laughs> uh, it's cool. Skype has like little emotes on it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, just been working. Last weekend I was hunting a lot. Hi. <laughs> Hey, did you hear about that deer, that deer virus? Like yeah. some some kind of uh, tuberculosis that develops in deer, like lungs or it's some shit? Mad, it's mad cow disease. Oh, is that the one you were telling me about? You were telling me about one that like drove people crazy or something like that? Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's chronic wasting disease. Ah. But bovine tuberculosis is the same as mad cow disease. So pretty much I'm not eating a deer ever again there's too much there's too much risk dude you have you have the same risk eating anything like you're gonna get sick from anything i mean i'm not saying like if you see a deer that obviously has it like shoot it and eat it but there was one instance of a deer having it down in uh southern indiana somewhere around there southeastern indiana i forget what county franklin county down in Franklin County, so everybody's making a big deal out of it. But yeah. I mean, it's—I guarantee you—it's because somebody's cattle has it down there, you know. Yeah. And who knows if they're gonna sell that meat on the market or not? <laughs> Probably not. I wouldn't. Anyways, en- enough of that. Let's cut to the chase. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is uh, episode number fifty-nine, and one more episode we will officially be. In our 60s. And if that were an age, we'd be officially old. So I, yeah, I feel we're like... about to have to retire this podcast, man. Yeah, we're, we, we have, have to... six episodes and then we're retirement age for a podcast. Boom. Get my social security while I can. We'll be sad, dude. Nope. Anyways, uh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, everybody. Um, I have Nate on tonight, obviously. 
what are we getting into today, Nate? Well, uh, as a main topic, I was thinking we could get into uh, just discussing some ideas about creationism versus traditional Darwinism versus ideas that might find themselves somewhere in the middle or somewhere on the outside of that topic. I think just with, you know, politics and religion and stuff like that in general, I think there tends to be really radical viewpoints on one side or the other that tend to get all the attention. Okay. Um, and I don't think there's oftentimes a, a marriage of the two that is kind of like a common sense middle ground based on logic and evidence and Yeah, it's got to be either one way or the other. It's the same way in the political realm as well. It's like it has to be entirely right. based on emotions and feelings or it has to be entirely based on facts and statistics. But we need to find – usually whenever you see totally by – uh, not bipolar. <laughs> whenever you see totally, I mean, people act bipolar when they talk about these things, but whenever you see totally polarized, um, controversial topics like this, usually you can find an answer somewhere in the middle is my common interpretation of it. So, yeah, I mean, with but most maybe not. things in life, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that like we need to, with every issue in life, just like look to be moderates and look to be lukewarm and not hold any extreme viewpoints just for the sake of like not offending people. I'm not into that, but when you're, when you're talking about issues that literally mean us potentially understanding where we came from as a species, or you're talking about, um, whether or not God was directly involved in, uh, breathing life into our lungs or if it was just science that he put in place doing its thing. Yeah. I think that, or I think if that a person has, is I guilty of a crime or not, you know, you know, but I said, or if we're talking political, whether a person is guilty of a crime or not, you know, <laughs> uh, that never happens. Keith. That nobody's ever falsely accused of anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, never, never. But yeah. So, I don't know. Let's go ahead. Uh, yeah. start, start from your. Uh, do you have a premise you want to start from? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I'm just winging it tonight. You can go ahead and do whatever you want. Yeah, we can. We can even make it a short one if we want. I don't. I don't really care. I, I was just bored at a hotel. I'm. I'm on a business trip. Everyone. I have to make my money to keep my wife happy. Money. 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 Uh, money. <laughs> and um you know i've got a dog to feed and uh stuff like that so yeah. i have to slave to earn money just give her rabbit skulls like most she's people. fine and anyway so i'm i'm in a hotel right now and i would otherwise be bored just watching youtube videos so i was like i'm gonna call keith and i'm going to bug him until he podcasts with me uh-huh. and uh it, it, i didn't have to i didn't have to twist his arm this time I'm just kidding. I, I never have to twist your arm, dude. But um, <laughs> how how weird would that be? Like in real life, it's like when you wanted to hang literally. out with them, you literally just went to their house and twisted their arm. <laughs> <laughs> you will submit. No, I had a really good no. day, man. I, uh, you know, went to work all day, uh, crawling around in a stinky manhole, dude. I will tell you this: uh, the cutest thing really? happened the other day. So I've been working in a manhole that's in front of a uh like a little daycare and this little kid came running out the other day and a teacher grabbed him really quick but he had a ninja turtles shirt on 
and he wanted to check out the manhole so bad because he wanted to see if he could see the Ninja Turtles in it. So uh, his oh nice yeah 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 his teacher asked if it was okay. So she picked him up and he was looking down in there and he was really like trying to see. He's like, all right, where they at? <laughs> where they at? Where you at, Mikey? <laughs> but yeah, yeah he was like super funny. inquisitive. But yeah, I mean, I've been working and uh stinky manholes all week so i'm honestly ready for tomorrow to get over with and just uh have a good weekend so same yeah it's been a long week i uh monday tuesday i was up in michigan and wednesday i had a long long install in greenwood and then today and tomorrow i'm out in central illinois so dang do they've got you on a lot of overnights yeah, well, I'm one of two full-time installers right now because one of our installers quit a couple weeks ago. And uh, and then Trevor moved to, like, management or something, right? Uh, yeah, he's he's doing a different job position. It was kind of a lateral move for him just so he wasn't on the road all the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, long story short, uh, I just wanted to get in contact with Keith because – all this time in hotels, I've just been watching documentaries and stuff. Yeah, man. Just thinking a lot. And, uh, one way or another, I just started watching documentaries on the topic of, you know, Darwinism and evolution and, um, what modern mainstream anthropological scientists, you know, anthropologists, such a weird word um, to say anthropological anthropological yeah we we were just we were just twisting our tongues over this (laughs) so somebody asked you what you are i'm a paleontological anthropologist boom you know pretty they'll instantly think uh, you're a millionaire like you obviously if you have a title that long you obviously make a lot of money boom (laughs) yeah 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 if if people can't even spell your job title (laughs) yeah right but but uh it's like anesthesiologist like who actually knows how to spell that <laughs> dude that'd be a bomb ass job i do that in a heartbeat but anyway um so i was i was just i was just watching some documentaries on this stuff cuz human evolution is um one of those things that i always just kind of brushed the theory off real quick and real easy like my whole life um, never really considered it from like an unbiased viewpoint against it or, or, or you know, not, not against it. Um, so I kind of did that for the first real time recently and j- just trying to understand what science there is actually that does support it and is not just people pulling something out of their butt, trying to make something out of nothing Uh and um, realize that there's a lot of very, very convincing evidence that as there really always is in scientific fields that get a lot of attention. I mean, just like global warming and stuff. I mean, obviously like there's people that are going to, there's, there's people that are going to say that there's no real evidence for it and it's all just biased science. But I, I really don't think that, that high of a percentage of scientists are going to have such a high bias toward that. I mean, cause there's, there, it's not like there's extra money in it for them. You know what I mean? If, if anything, yeah, there'd be extra yeah. money in it for, you know, certain corporations and stuff. 
Mm -hmm. Not so much scientists that honestly don't get paid a whole lot for what they're actually doing and the amount of school that goes into it and stuff. If you ask some people, uh, the whole ideology behind global warming, it's a scam from the left to get power um, and bring about the one world government. So Yeah, well, what I'm not (laughs) saying, what I'm not saying is that... um, just so you know global warming is used it, i i i would agree that global warming is used to further political agendas oh for sure in a way in a way that it probably shouldn't be and it's, but i'm also here to say that the majority of biologists and scientists and such that are studying these issues are really probably just doing their job and doing it pretty well and trying to support uh the world at large with accurate information <laughs> you know yeah no i agree. Um, I mean, there's no one who can deny that climate change is a thing. And even modern day uh, scientists on the left and the right, regardless of what uh, standing you take on anything, the evidence is there. The uh, geothermal scans are there. Everything is there to support the fact that temperature is changing. Now, the argument nowadays is, is that we aren't actually doing anything to cause or change that at all. That is just... A natural flow of the earth the earth goes through uh cool downs and warm-ups and it's just the way things work um so so, i mean there's there's the argument on that side as well but we didn't we didn't come here to talk about global warming so uh don't let me don't don't let me rabbit trail but at the same time i don't know that my the topic i'm bringing to the table is something we're going to talk for an hour about maybe we will (laughs) but we could talk um, about we could talk about anything for an hour yeah i mean that's probably true but so so anyway, to, to get back into it, I, I was just trying to draw some parallels that, you know, again, I, I think that any controversial topic is going to have a left wing side and a right wing side. And the people that are heard and the people that make the headlines and stuff generally are people that are, you know, on the extreme ends of things. Yeah. And I've been on the extreme right side of that argument about evolution and <clears throat> creationism and stuff like that for a long time oh yeah that, I mean, and just recently started really digging into it really look at it and um what i've what i've found is actually really very compelling physical archaeological paleontological paleontological evidence. big scientific you know, words um that yes exactly that like <laughs> the further down you go within the soil and the crust and the cave systems and such on earth, we really are finding um, gradually and slowly decreasingly human forms of hominids. You know what I mean? So like why, if it's not, but not an ad one or more species, huh? But not an ad hominem. Hominid. <laughs> it, I, I, I know that's a term for a distraction and I used it uh, as a yeah, distraction. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely like a, your dad joke. Like your dad would tell that joke right there. Yeah, he would. He would <laughs> definitely. If I was having this conversation with him and he wasn't judging me really hardcore the entire time, he that's would be what making he would jokes say. like that. <laughs> uh, but what about but, the argument, Nate, on that note? What about the argument that, um, Oh, what is it? The uh, the test, the molecular test, or that they 
that they run, the nuclear tests or whatever that they run on the soil samples aren't 100% accurate all the time. What What is it? There's well, a... I'm not even at this point. At this point, I'm not even bringing into account carbon dating. Carbon dating. Um, That's it. You know, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't yet even bringing that to the table. All I was saying is, if you go into uh, deeper and deeper parts of the Earth, we find increasing evidence of more and more and more primitive life forms. Okay. You know, as far as the fossils is all I'm saying. That's just like a very basic way of putting it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, and that that's a whole complicated subject. But like generally speaking, that's that's the theme. And when you're talking about um, you know ape-like creatures, we're finding when when you're when we're doing DNA tests on this bone and then this next bone that we found that was above it, and then this next bone we found below it, we're finding DNA that's related but altered and changing from the other bones around it in a way that you know makes sense. Um, yeah. That there'd be a, an ongoing progression. Not but that is there it a change of kinds? Linear. What? But is there a change of kinds? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. See, that's that's an argument. Who knows? I haven't I haven't looked into that side of things a whole lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the 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 over the overwhelming theory and, and science behind it. I guess here's here's what I'm saying. I feel like there is way more evidence that a change of kinds is likely impossible. There's way more evidence for that than there is for Christians saying that it's impossible and that it's and that we just got here because some guy said get here, you know? Well, <laughs> like the thing is throughout history, Christians have we have made ourselves look dumb because anything that cannot be explained uh, scientifically at a present time, we mark it off as just some mystery of God that we can't explain and we come up with some spiritual answer for it. Um, I mean, there have been multiple things throughout history that we have done that with. Um, and then whenever the actual scientific reasoning behind said thing is discovered, it, it, we put our foot in our own mouth and we make ourselves look stupid because instead of just saying, Hey, we don't understand how that works. And maybe someday we will, but right now we just don't we just don't get it. that's the problem with christianity we always think we have to have the answers and then when science debunks our christian answers for for a topic um we we have to somehow defend the idiotic claims that we've made so i don't know yeah well i guess it, here here's the hypocrisy in all of it and and i'm and i'm again, you know, somebody that's been on both sides of the fence and I'm not, I'm not really one way or the other now. I'm just somewhere in the middle. And, um, I think it's hypocritical when a Christian would say you can't show evidence for a change of kinds, which I I don't think is true. I'm, I'm sure that it's somewhere, but even, but even if it's not like hardcore provable evidence that there's been a change of kinds or whatever that even means, um, Christians can't show any evidence for, it being physically possible that two by two animals came onto an ark, all living creatures that we have today descend from them. That was a relatively small boat, honestly. Yeah. In comparison to, yeah, I mean, it was big at the time, but in comparison to like modern warships, it was very comparable. So how are you going to take basically an aircraft carrier and fit 
two of every possible living animal on it only I mean, seven thousand years ago exactly and populate the entire earth you know it, i'm just saying like even i'm not saying you have to believe in noah's ark to be a christian but i am saying that that's like the traditional view that that's a literal story that we're supposed to believe so i mean for people to hold that viewpoint and not have evidence for it but then get upset with an atheist for saying that they believe in a change of kinds because they have no evidence it's like dude it's it's the same argument both ways <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know. or um, if you, if we're talking, you know, origins of life, you know, we have no evidence to the claim that we were created from the dirt and God breathed life into breathed life into us, and then all of a sudden, you know, we existed. So, in the same way that, you know, like we can't, there's no definitive answer for change of kinds. There's also no definitive answer for um, here dirt. God breathed, man exists. Have you, um, which I'll, I'll get back to that topic in just a second, but have you heard the, um, have you heard the Christian belief that all men have one less rib than women? Yeah, I thought that have was, you heard a, that? I thought that was a proven fact. Is that not? Is it actually? That's what I heard. Is it actually a proven fact? Wait, look wait, it up. I'm going to look it up. Because I'll, I'll be blown away if that's actually true. Because I was always told it was true, but I, I, I just assumed in recent years that that had to have been just some ignorant Christian creationist like justification of how woman was made from Adam's rib. Yeah. Okay. Looking up, it's an article by www.theguardian.com. Uh, I don't know how credible it is. But it says men and women have 12 pairs of ribs. A few individuals have 13 or 11 pairs. The idea that men have fewer ribs than women is widespread but wrong, perhaps deriving from the biblical story of Eve being made from one of Adam's ribs. Steve Harper, lecture of anatomy and physiology, Thanet Technical College. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, there's a few different quotes here. Yeah, Um, I mean, which is... Yeah, yeah, these are all... Are they all pretty much saying the same thing? Yeah, different professors and stuff. Um, it's untrue. There's, however, a disease known as cerv- cervical rib, which produces a single extra rib at the base of the neck. This is very rare indeed and can and can occur in either sex. Uh, someone, just a random person here said, this okay. is biblical bull. Both men and women have the same number of ribs, 12 pairs. So, yeah, uh, that, I, that actually... Oh, we lost Nate there for a second. Uh, I think he hung up on us. Let me call him back. But yeah, it actually is untrue that man has more ribs than woman. It's not a fact. So, interesting story. Yeah. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Lost you there for a minute. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. It says I've got poor connection. I'm not sure sure why because I've got like full bars here. I don't know. (laughs) That's weird. Is your connection good? Oh, yeah. I'm hardwired into my router. Yeah. Okay. But so anyway, yeah, sorry you're breaking up on me. Call dropped, but I did. am back. So, yeah, basically you were just saying that they were indicating that there can be abnormalities, but generally we have six ribs on each side, yeah, whether a, we're male or female. Yeah, it's it's a very rare instance that someone could have one more, and that could happen in either sex. Gotcha. Which is what I assumed was true. But I was always taught growing up, you know, that's why men have one more rib than women. And I just assumed that they weren't pulling that that out of their ass. That was actually true. That's one of those things. 
you know it's one of those christian things we just say and late we we put our foot in our mouth because later on it gets debunked or you know we realize it makes no sense so right right so um so anyway getting back to what you had mentioned as far as you know there's no proof that we were made from dirt and that god just you know whipped us out of that thing um I'm very open to the Bible. I'm I'm very open to any religious book that has stood the test of time, you know, for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, but as we've mentioned in other podcasts, you know, I'm, I'm taking it with a grain of salt and pepper and rosemary and some hot sauce because <laughs> it's like there's there's a lot in there that. I really just, I just can't wrap my brain around in a way that makes any sense. But at the same time, I'm totally willing to believe that even the stories of like Genesis, you know, chapters, you know, one through three or whatever is, you know, that it has elements of truth in it, um, even if it's metaphorical or poetic or whatever, which, you know, by the way, that passage was written as Hebrew poetry. So I mean, we know for fact it's an indisputed fact that it is poetry. Huh. Yeah, um, I, it doesn't I read like poetry. It, it does not. It does not read like poetry in English, uh, but in Hebrew, it reads like poetry. So um, the the fact that you're that, that everyone assumes that it's a hundred percent literal, you know, like we've talked about many times, I think is a little closed minded. But but I'm I'm willing to believe that the essence of the story is there and that there's some underlying truths um to the age-old story and okay as i'm as i'm considering you know god created the heavens and the earth and then the second day there was this and the third day there was this and blah 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 until the sixth day and he made man and then he rested you know if if you look at it very broad like that you don't get stuck in a 24-hour time period of a day um and and stuff like that you don't get stuck when when it says you know he made him from the dirt. You know you're not you're not over literalizing Yeah, the actual it. seven day. This, yeah, yeah. If, if you're if you're looking at it metaphorically, like it's symbolic. You know, um, it makes sense to me as a person that believes in God, as a theist, um, as a creationist. You know, I definitely believe in intelligent design. It makes sense to me that that account of creation could be true in essence, and that yeah. we're meant to draw from that. Um, if if we're going to assume that God was the only thing in existence before He decided to create the first thing in this dimension that we experience, um, doesn't it make sense that He would use you know the Big Bang to start that? Doesn't it make sense that? the heavens and the earth would be the first thing he created if the big bang was the first thing that happened, you know? Yeah. Not over 24 hours, but over a longer period of time. And then the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And what you see is that each day, each regression, each new animal, each new thing that happens largely lines up with modern evolutionary theory, just broken down over a much longer period of time. Um, so it's so, not out of the realm of possibility that evolution actually could be a biblical concept. Yeah, I, I honestly, from a very open-minded perspective, I think that that is how we're intended 
having the knowledge of, you know, our modern scientific era that we live in, I think it's just a bonus in that, that it points to the creation account in scripture if you read it metaphorically. I mean, who could have possibly known before modern science that evolutionary theory could possibly make sense? But now that we've started really studying it ever since, you know, Darwin, really, um, we're seeing that really that timeline, if you exaggerate it and make it less literal, um, it actually makes a lot of sense. And then when it says that we've been crafted from the dirt, from the sand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, not literally right out of it immediately in the blink of an eye or whatever. But when you think about it, at one the, the evolutionary theory of like far left evolutionary, you know, Darwinism is that there was no life other than, you know, basically at one point in time, all it was was just elements. It was the periodic table. It was asteroids and heat and cold and energy and gravity and all that evolving over time. Eventually things got more and more and more complex that created life. You know, to me, that's ridiculous to believe if it's only natural. But if God was behind it, if it was intelligent, to me that seems like a much more divine way of crafting your creation and allowing it to unfold over time and you witness it and enjoy it. I mean, if God is an eternal being, why would he be in a hurry to create something? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, um, like we put such an emphasis on the, the complexity of say uh, genetic structure, uh, the human itself or the animal or language or spirituality. But then we look at evolution and all its complexity and say, Oh, there's no way. <laughs> like, really, yeah, it's when you think strange. about it, yeah, it's it, it makes it makes no if, sense if you to put that it, kind of language on it. If you say that ape to man evolution doesn't make any sense, or you say that you know all of uh, Earth dwelling mammals had slowly evolved over time from sea dwelling creatures, to say that that makes no sense and is illogical, okay, maybe it is to a certain extent if you look at it from a very narrow mindset and don't really think about it and dig into it and contemplate it. But it also doesn't make sense that some guy could multiply one fish into multiple fish and one loaf of bread into and feed thousands of, of people. bread yeah, and feed thousands of people and have bread and fish left over. You know what I mean? Um, because yeah, that is illogical. creating something out of nothing. Whereas evolution says that, with the exception of what we don't know about how the first things came to be, once there was stuff, it just morphed into other things, you know. I think that and over a very long period of time, you know, I, I think that's even more believable than a lot of the miracles and crazy stuff we see in scripture. So I guess all I'm saying is I've really been stretching my own brain and my own boundaries of what I'm willing to believe, not because I'm trying to believe something different, but because I kind of came to the realization that I don't believe what I've always believed. So I'm trying to find something to believe in, I guess, you know, and it really does make a lot of sense to me. You know, I'm definitely not trying to throw scripture away for no good reason. In fact, if anything, I would hope to be able to find scripture that I can lean on. And the more that I read Mm -hmm. about things on the scientific side and compare it to, 
you know, some things in the Bible, the more I can see that, okay, I can actually kind of get down with this scripture thing if you take it with a lot of grain of salt and a lot of seasoning and hot sauce, you know. A little bit of onion if powder give and it, uh, cayenne pepper. Yeah, exactly. If you if you that. do something if you do something to it to make it taste better and make it more reasonable to to digest, you know, like I just I just don't see you know I, I don't want to sound like a broken record because we talk about it all the time on the podcast, but I I just don't see why it has to be digested literally. I mean, some scriptures, yes, it's probably meant to be literal, but I I just don't see a logical reason why the creation account is assumed to be literal and. Um, I think that if Christians would open their minds, if Jews would open their mind, if, if Muslims would open their minds to, um, the idea that modern evolutionary theory really does go hand in hand metaphorically with the creation account in the Torah, you know, that we, we might actually have something more to lean on with this whole Abrahamic faith thing. Um, well, on, on the, on one of those points you were just making, um, I, uh, you know, as I was talking about on the last episode, I have, you know, come to the conclusion again, I am a Christian. I do want to pursue God. I want to follow God. And along with that, I don't want to do it in the same way that I did it before. I don't want to be that same person that I was before. So where I'm at, I was actually, you know, I was praying today on my way home and I was just talking to God. Um, and I, you know, I don't. I don't want the Bible again, and I don't want a bunch of cliche prayers again, and I don't want church again, and I don't want all these things that supposedly bring you closer to God and give you some kind of truth and all this, you know, sustainability as a believer, and, you know, they the Word gives you the armor of God that's blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't, I don't want the Bible. I don't want church. I don't want prayer partners. I don't want any of that shit. I want God. I want to be able to talk to God like I'm talking to you. I want to be able to say fuck in a prayer and not feel like I'm doing something wrong, you know, because sometimes yeah. that's the best word to to describe what I'm going through in the moment. So it's like, for me, I don't care about the Bible right now. I don't care about church right now. I don't care about any of that. And people can say what they want about me. And there are people who would say that I'm off the hinges and I might as well not even call myself a Christian because... I'm obviously not anymore, you know. Yeah, Trevor told me earlier, jokingly, that I've jumped off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, so I I'm, feel you. Yeah, I mean, but it, I want to pursue God, but I'm I'm going to do it in a way that, y- you know, I don't want to just say, like, in a way that I want to do it, but I'm doing it in kind in a, of like— no, in, I'm doing, In a way that doesn't completely defy logic. <laughs> I want to pursue you God know? in a lighthearted way, in a way where I really feel like God, you know, there's part of me that was un- that will always be unable to deny that God exists. So, you know, I believe in God and let's move forward from there. You know, I have no idea what this road is going to look like again. It's definitely not going to look like it did before. But at this point, I'm not worried about the Bible. I'm not worried about church. I'm not worried about a pastor and getting on a worship team and getting in a, a prayer group. And, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to do all those things that I once chased after because even then, I mean, it wasn't even genuine. Even though it was passionate, 
and yeah. I felt like I was really a part of what I was doing, it definitely wasn't genuine. Otherwise, it would have stayed. So, yeah, it's an, inter- it's an interesting way to describe it, and I'm sure sh- I'm sure that it makes perfect sense to to you and 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 how you're describing it and stuff. I really feel like personally, I in in most everything I did and everything I thought, I was very genuine. But I just think that I was just honestly severely misled. You yeah. know, um, maybe there's a little difference between us in the way we handle things just because of our upbringing being different. But I really, I just feel like I'm in a, not to be stereotypical, but I feel like I'm woke now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, um, I, I feel like I've been in a sedated state of deception and being misled my whole life, you know, until recently. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm now sober after being drugged my entire life. (laughs) Um, yeah. And it, it comes with pains, you know, because I go through withdrawals from being spiritual. You know what I mean? Like I, I have moments where I feel like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to pray or do something or, oh my gosh, I I, I just need to go to church. I just need to go to church or, oh my gosh, you know, and it's just like, well, hold on. Like, don't forget why you're where you are, you know, keep fighting the good fight, not in the traditional sense of like keep up with being a Christian and fight that fight. No, I'm saying like keep up with the good fight of just being a real person that's honest and on a journey that is individual to me, regardless of where other people are, you know, Um, God desires genuine genuineness, genuinity. (laughs) God desires, (laughs) God desires you to be real above any of that other shit. So I think if you're being real and you're really trying to find him, I mean, you're going to, you know, whether heaven is real or not, hell is real or not, whether who's on what side, you know, I admire anybody seeking truth and whatever side of the, whatever side of the fence they land on, because, you know, a month ago, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. Like I, I would call my, like I, I had something barely holding me on, I guess. So I would, you know, I would take that camp, but everything inside of me disagreed with all of it. And I wasn't sure if I believed at all. Um, and I've had my own experiences yeah, so I, that have kind of brought me back to a place where, you know, I think God is real and I can't really explain how it just logically in my mind makes sense. And you know what, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, but I still want to talk about these things because there is still a lot, as much as I want to be like, you know, a Christian, I want to be genuine. I want to be real. And I still like the original goal of the podcast was to bring up, you know, all this shit that, that the church is doing wrong and like how we can be better as Christians and as people in this world to, to open up our minds and really think like that is still very much the goal, regardless of what side of the fence I'm on or you're on or Ben's on. So, yeah. I mean, I I was thinking about this the other day, you know, I, yeah, obviously it, First, I want to say this. I, I'm very, it sounds gross saying it or whatever, but like I'm proud of you as a friend um, for taking the journey that you're on seriously and along the way being willing to say, you know, I don't think I believe that today and I'll be honest about it. And then the next day be like, you know what? I think I do believe this. And and just and not not feeling like you have to worry about people judging you for 
swaying back and forth, you know, yeah, because well, you're that's just a, being real. That's that it's, a, it's a genuine <laughs> path that you're on, you know, and you're Is just someone... sharing that from day to day, even though it changes, you know, as it does with me. Yeah, I, I definitely am in a place, as I've said, where I'm also not sure that I could ever deny the existence of of God as as creator, if nothing else. Certainly, in this at this point, uh, open to the ideas of Christianity and Jesus, but um, uh, I'm definitely not sold on it anymore. Uh, but but yeah. I haven't closed myself off to it, and a part of me would love it if I could have some some evidence for it, but I don't, I don't see much other than the word of people and eyewitness accounts that really seem to hold much weight. And I'm not saying that that doesn't hold weight because it does, but I'm not sure that it's really enough for me to believe in every aspect of it. I mean, I definitely believe that Jesus was a man. I definitely believe he existed and that he was a moral man, at least in in the largest regard of, of his public life and stuff. But beyond that, you know, I really just have to trust people's words for it if I'm going to be a Christian. So that's that's the struggle that I have is, um, you know, it would be me me trusting in the Gospels and eyewitness accounts from people of Jesus would be the same as me trusting archaeologists and um, paleontologists without them being able to show me ancient artifacts and ancient fossils. I'm just taking their word that they have found fossils and that they have found um, Egyptian artifacts and stuff like that. Like yeah. people's people's testimonies hold weight and merit. That is very important. But if that's all you have and you can't show a shred of evidence for what you're saying is true, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, man – that seems like a very frivolous thing to be damned for if I don't believe it. Exactly. Um, so well, it's like it, I said, it brings in the moral issues of God at that point. Yeah, for me, how I think now, with that kind of mindset, it changes the way I do view God, and it changes the way I do view hell. You know, as I stated in the last podcast, I'll say it again, I don't believe in an eternal conscious torment type of hell. What that means, I don't know. Am I a heretic? Sure. I really don't care. But what I was talking to Ben about on the last podcast, I told him, I asked him, you know, what would what would people rather I believe? Would they rather me believe in hell and subsequently not believe in God? Or that would because there's no way I could agree with a God who would do that. Or would they rather me not believe in hell? And have faith in God and allow God to work it out. And that's the thing people need to chill on, dude. It's like if you don't have all your fucking theology and your theological ducks in a row, you're a heretic and you're not a real Christian. And you got guys like, I won't say any names, but certain people that we know that might be running for Congress right now (laughs) who would say uh, (laughs) James Peters is running for Congress. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. But people of that mindset who would say, oh, you guys are you guys are heretics and you shouldn't be saying the things you are. What, what I'm saying is just what's going on inside of me. Like, what would you rather me not believe in God because I don't believe in hell? Or would you rather me believe in God and let God work that shit out inside of me? And the thing is, if if your God is so big 
my if my God is so big, I got to start addressing him as my God again because I haven't been doing that in so long. If God is so big, You're being so disingenuous right now, Keith. <laughs> if God is so big and so awesome and so powerful, He will reveal to me what is right. I don't need. Yeah. I don't need it's like a. People. I don't need a fifty-point thesis on what my creed of beliefs are to be. And if that's what I need to be accepted by you, then I really don't care. If you need, if we need yeah. to agree on hell, and we need to re- agree on restitution, and we need to gr- agree on the propitiation of Christ, and all these different things, and if you don't do communion this way or go to church this way, then. Dude, I don't care. I really, if if that's your mindset, I really don't want anything to do with you. I mean, like you can, yeah, you, well, you can do it's your scriptural. thing. I don't care, but I don't know. It, Christians need to just let God be God in people's lives, for one. But secondly, even Scripture says, you know, am I trying to gain the approval of men or of God? And yeah. of course, the correct answer scripturally is I'm here to gain the approval of God, I could care less about the approval of men. I mean, that's that's exactly. a biblical scriptural concept. And that's where so I'm at right it's now. Very, it's very ironic when when faithful people uh, don't give other Christians and people on the other side of the fence that aren't Christians, that when they don't give them that room to seek the approval of God and all they care about is that that person meets their own standards. Yeah, and gains their approval. Um, it's strange. It's it's one of the paradoxes of of faith and religion. But to get a little closer back on topic and finish kind of a point, I'd like to just kind of go through a um, current description of what my beliefs are right now. And you know, just like you, Keith, they're they're constantly changing. And, and morphing into the next stage of, of what it is just based on life experience and things I'm exposed to and things I've considered in new ways and, and such. And where I'm at right now, I was thinking about this really hard on my way back from Michigan, is you know getting back to the root of it all in regards to this whole creation thing, um, regardless of, of what side of the fence you're on, Nobody can say what happened before the Big Bang. Yeah. Um, and so, though I'm very willing to believe that there were that there was natural substance in existence, in existence, you know, quadrillions of years before the Big Bang even happened, at some point, naturally speaking, it makes sense that there would have been a origin, an origin for for something that there would have been a beginning. I'm willing to accept maybe not, but our human brains don't have the the capacity to to understand that. Um, yeah. yeah. It, to, to me, to me, it makes sense that with everything that we can see, especially taking into, into consideration, you know, emotions, immorality, and stuff like we've talked about before, it makes sense to me that there would be an intelligent being that isn't bound by the laws of physics, isn't bound by the laws of time. Um that would set everything in motion. Um, I kind of believe that everything we experience is still smaller than the embodiment of God's spirit. Like I kind of imagine this dimension as being just one small part of God's brain, you know, like God is almost really all that still exists. 
he's in everything. He surrounds everything. He is the whole deal. We are just the, we are just living out his thoughts. I feel like, um, that he, he is so real and he's so amazing that his thoughts literally manifested this existence. That's what I have come to believe. And that at some point he started, you know, um, not because he needed to, but because he felt like it in his creativeness. He said, I'm going to create a, a dimension here. And who knows, maybe there's a billion other dimensions of his brain that we're completely disconnected from that we can't see the other universes and stuff. Who knows? Um, it seems weird that God would limit himself to only, you know, one universe or whatever. Um, if he's so powerful, if he's so big, but yeah. Anyway, I, I just I think that God. It's so funny. Created... Uh, it's funny because when people start talking about stuff like that, that you're talking about like multiple universes and multiple creations, like you know, Christians will automatically be like, "Oh, that guy's a kook." Okay, so yeah, yeah, so yeah. we believe this God is almighty, all powerful, literally created everything. We bring him back to the origins of life itself. Um, right. But, but yeah. it's impossible for him to create more than one universe. It's impossible. So the multiverse theory is completely illogical. Other creations other than human beings, that's completely, completely illogical. But you serve a God right. who can literally do whatever he wants. Uh, okay. You literally yeah, call it, him it, it, omnipotent and omnipresent. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's a bit, I was, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because it reminded me of what I was going to say because I had forgotten for a second is that yeah. I was thinking really hard on that whole thing. You know, I'm honestly not sure that I believe that God is all knowing. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to accept that possibility, but I'm also willing to accept that maybe he's the initiator of everything and he understands how everything works, but maybe he doesn't know exactly every decision you're going to make. Maybe he just created the potential for decisions to be made and he stepped back observing it. And yes, maybe he might intervene here and there, but I kind of believe that maybe God's interest in creating something was simply to see what it would do. You know, um, he put the blueprints there. He made the, you know, the diagram and, and set the law, you know, he designed the laws of physics. He designed, if you will, the periodic table. I'm sure it doesn't look exactly like how we've laid it out with all the squares and the names and English and all that. Yeah. But he knew every element and he designed every element. And, you know, it seems like just common sense to us that certain things would have certain reactions and that gravity is real. But I believe that other things could have been just as common sense if God had just said it to be so. Yeah. Um, so, to, to stay on track, I, I believe that there is a God. I believe that he formed the um, the original manuscript and blueprints of everything that we have in the natural realm that we can observe and feel and taste and touch and all that. Um, and uh, that maybe he just said, let it happen. It is good. Let it be. And let it be. You know, he, he put, I believe that he put in energy and put in gravity and in these elements the potential to evolve like that was the goal i, th I think that the goal of god yeah. was to create something so intelligently made 
not because it's intelligent on its own, but because of the intelligence put into it, that it would evolve and morph and adapt to better itself. Well, do you remember together? Do you remember back uh, like 20, 20 years ago when uh, uh, the Big Bang Theory was an atheist kind of argument until all of the evidence started coming in to the fact that there had to be an original starting point for the universe. So then all of a sudden Christians are like, oh, this doesn't necessarily have to disprove God. Uh, let's find how that would line up with Scripture. Okay, uh, this spot in Genesis here, look, Big Bang Theory, yeah, it's completely logical, and it's in the Bible. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of morphed it in there, but the, my main point in that was we realize that it doesn't have to necessarily disprove God. Why can't we apply right. that to evolution? Okay, God, right. Big Bang happened, all of creation came together— and created what we call planet Earth. Um, you, there could be multiple universes, multiple other planets out there that have ha- habited, you know, intelligent life. That is perfectly plausible. If it can happen here, yeah, why could here, it not if happen? If it happened here, how could it not happen elsewhere? Exactly. So my my thinking on that is like, why does evolution have to disprove God? It doesn't. The fact that that's you know, that's if the you want to point of. Yeah, if you that, want to that's, come... that's the whole question I'm posing. Yeah, with this podcast is just why. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you said it. It's like why is the Big Bang acceptable to Christians, but the cause and effect of, of the Big Bang, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, the effect of what happened from the Big Bang, why is that not acceptable? Especially when you start talking about you know, ape to man evolution. I don't see why okay, okay, okay. Listen to this. the evidence <laughs> that supports ape to man evolution. I don't understand why that has to be contradictory to scripture. If you yeah. just read scripture with an open mind. Okay. So with an open mind, everybody who's listening, just ask yourself this question. What makes more sense? Big bang happened because that's accepted through all the scientific field nowadays. That's just fact. Um, so big bang happens. Earth is formed and then God picks up dust, breathes into it, and creates mankind and all the animals and all the mammals and everything. Or, Big Bang happened, molecular things started to happen, chromosomes and everything started to form, and then animals started to form and then evolved into what we are now. Logically, obviously, the latter makes more sense when you're thinking about it. If the Big Bang logically makes more sense, why would it not logically make more sense also that evolution is an occurrence? Why does it have to be, okay, uh, we can't really deny Big Bang anymore, so we'll take that. But the whole um, evolution thing, there's no way. Like, that's totally going to disprove God, so we've got to deny that. My question is, how does it disprove God? And how does it make a lot more logical sense to say that, you know, some almighty picked up a handful of clay and breathed on it and that makes more sense than we morphed and grew and became what we are how does that make more sense it doesn't well i mean even 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 most christians these days will say that they believe in microevolution you know so they believe in in evolution that's, that's on saying, a small scale oh i believe in it but i really don't you know, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll say, yes, there are adaptations that happen based on weather patterns and climate change and 
Uh, but isn't that proof of the fact that evolution happens? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. If it can most happen on a Christians small scale, today, why couldn't most, it happen on a large most scale? Christians today, most Christians today who have looked at some of the science and given it some thought, some consideration with an open mind, will admit that they see strong evidence and we can, we can literally witness today evolution happening in a small scale. The problem is that none of us – well, the, the, the problem is that since evolutionary theory has been proposed, we have only been around studying it for a very short amount of time. You know what I mean? If we are still around with scientists studying this stuff, you know, 10,000 years from now, uh, I have no idea if we will or not. But if that is the case, then I, mean, I really think there's going to be a lot more hardcore evidence for it because there's that much time documented with, you know, because it, 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 the whole theory is that the Earth is 4.543 billion years old. Yeah. We've only been studying Darwinistic evolution for what, like a hundred years? Yeah, since, you know what I mean. Since Charles Darwin was alive, <laughs> I mean. But even but even within that, yeah, we are seeing evolution happen. But obviously, it's going to be on a small scale because it's been a small amount of time. Exactly. You know? Well, hum humanity, humankind itself, has not been a lot around for that long of time. A few thousand years. 6,000, 7,000 at most, if you well, want to yeah, well, even, predate well, back if to cavemen. You, if, you look at the modern, if you look at the modern trend of uh, what anthropologists are saying, you know, uh, species, our, our, our ancestors that had homo before their <laughs> latter <homo>. name. <laughs> I did say homo. I'm a homo. You're a homo. We're all homos. Speaking, we're all homos. Um you know, scientifically classified, we're Homo sapiens, and our nearest uh, descendant, or, or, or our, ne our nearest ancestor, is Homo heidelbergensis, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then the one before that is Homo erectus. You know, that's that's what anthropology <laughs> says. <laughs> yeah, Homo erectus. How funny is that? Who came up with that's that word? Hilarious. Like, Gay can boner. I get a shirt that says my great grandfather was Homo erectus or something? Like, but yet I'm here. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's there's all kinds of questions. Like, how did how did gay sex make humans? You know, right? Anyway, Homo erectus. I never thought about it until you laughed at it. That's pretty <laughs> That's funny. Funny. Um, immature. But but anyway, like the the whole the whole thing the whole thing I was trying to say is that anthropologists are saying that there is fossil evidence to support very strongly support the theory that humans have evolved from apes and from things before that and oh yeah no, uh, like 99% of anthropologists believe in evolution that is not a coincidence right it, it's not i know there is bias in that field of course but I have to believe that even through the bias, even with the bias, it wouldn't be that high of a percentage believing something if the science wasn't there to strongly suggest and support it. So yeah. to wrap up what I was saying is they believe that it was during the Cretaceous period. Dinosaurs were still walking around. They believe that in the Cretaceous period, the first homo 
species, the first species that had Homo before their name, mm-hmm. that were not um, Australopithecus anymore. They were Homo. Was literally when like Triceratops was around. Yeah. Okay. So. So in order to before, prove to a, a creationist believer, you would literally have to bring up documentation from before humans could logically think right <laughs> to prove to them right. yeah right it, it is it is provable that the oldest books of the bible whether you want to say that that is the torah or job it's debated but most people most most biblical scholars think that job is actually the oldest written book that got preserved and put in the bible even that was written so many thousands of years ago but anthropology suggests that humans didn't start to come around in their original forms until um it was about 45 million actually longer than 45 million years ago yeah so though we though they weren't homo sapiens they were still the first species of what could be considered primal humans basically oh, homo you know, erectus the so is that like the definition of like the first humans to like to stand upright is that what that means so no no see that's the crazy thing is that um when you're looking at the fossil evidence um before we even had homo before our name way back in the jurassic period back when pangea was still together hadn't even broken apart yet what they believe is that our ancestors still had Australopithecus africanus. That was our scientific name. Um, we were upright. We were huh. walking basically like chimps. I mean, chimps can walk upright, but, but we, we were, were essentially like dumb as animals. Um, pretty much. We were essentially smart chimps uh, at this point in time. And we hadn't yet figured out how to use tools or make weapons or clothe ourselves we weren't hunters. We were just eating fruits and vegetables and scavenging. But the theory is that when you look at the skeleton, you can tell based on other creatures we can observe today that we had the ability to walk upright. I mean, and you know what's insane when you look at it, is that what's insane is the fact that you know you people can bring up these these proofs and this evidence and. You know, I, I mentioned it earlier, but, you know, Christians will debunk it um, because carbon dating isn't always 100% accurate because it could be off, you know, 100 years here or right. a few years there. Oh, well, that makes it completely inaccurate because the readings aren't exactly the same every time. So obviously that's fake. Well, even 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 the scientists themselves will admit that and will say that. In fact, they said it in the documentary I watched the other night. They said, uh, when it comes to these particular bones, we're having a very t- very hard time carbon dating them. Uh, we're getting a lot of mixed results. Um, but so what it's hard the, to say there. What's the medium but with that, though? Like, what, huh? are the di- what are the differences in the results? Because that's really what determines the validity. I think, they were saying, I think they were saying, like, three million years. Gotcha. Um, which is a very long period of time. In the scope of 4.3 billion years, though. But yeah, in the scope of 4.534 or whatever they say, <laughs> billion years since the Earth had its form as a planet. Yeah. That's guess how guess how long they assume the Big Bang happened. Huh. It's something like 13.1 billion years ago. Damn. So there was like 8. 8. some billion years 
where Earth didn't even time exist. It exploded to the point to where all this matter collected because of gravity and polished at, because of energy going through the universe and and formed all this electricity and static to create an ozone and uh cells creating gases to make that ozone and everything like it took like eight over eight billion years they think to create the the primal form of earth and then it still had to start evolving you know to create water and life in the water and stuff so It's crazy, fascinating stuff, but it's actually based on evidence, and that's that's what's intriguing about it. Is it's it's actually based on evidence. It can sound crazy until you start looking at the evidence. Yeah. And I would be willing to accept our shit more is equally as crazy, but with no evidence. Huh? I said our shit's equally as crazy, but with no evidence. That's that's that is that's my argument. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I am willing to be open-minded to the crazy stories in the Bible. Very willing. I have been my whole life, still am. The the problem is that I can't accept crazy shit without crazy evidence. I'm willing to accept crazy shit with crazy evidence. <laughs> you yeah. know? You know, it's crazy it's crazy even to believe that the Holocaust happened to a certain extent. I know. Unless you have evidence. And that's the thing, is we have a lot of evidence that that happened. Um way more evidence than that what is told in the gospel is definitely true yeah there's more evidence on uh evolution and big bang and all the scientific explanations of it than there than there is of creation the account of creation is is pretty much it's you know it's the mystery of god and that's what we mark up everything as everything we cannot explain we just mark it as the mystery of god until it can be explained and then we look like idiots sure that's what yeah. happens. That that's a common, the the common fault of Christianity. We we can't stand the fact that we don't have answers. I mean, we we were in that same boat in the church that we came from. I mean, I know I was as a youth leader, like you know, going into Club Twelve Two and going into the school and having meetings with these kids. Like I had to have the answers. If I didn't have the answers on something, I would, you know come up with something out of the Bible to, to morph around. You know, I was a, I was a gospel salesman and, and that, that's the problem with Christianity. We're we're a bunch of gospel salesmen. We're trying to make everything sound as aesthetically pleasing as possible, but we don't really have the answers. We're just coming up with some shit like a car salesman trying to slap the hood of a car and get you to buy it. You know, that's, that's what we're doing with Christianity. And that is the reason so many people are falling away. And that's the reason that, so many people in our specific generation, the millennial generation, don't want church. They don't even want God anymore because we're getting this preconceived yeah, notion about what who God is that doesn't make logical sense. And our generation wants truth. We want logic. We don't want a bunch of hippy-dippy bullshit and here's some spiritual experiences and here's why you need to believe in God. And here's a bunch of Bible stories, you know. Yeah, I generally, generally speaking, I think I I agree with you that the, the trend of mankind is heading toward, you know, we're, we're, it's said that we are in the information age, you know, and as information increases and access to that information increases, people are getting smarter and smarter and smarter. You know, yeah. it's harder and harder for people who care about education to not be educated way more than our forefathers were, you know, Um 
I think it's just getting harder and harder to sell the lie of false religion. You know, I'm not anti-religion. I'm not atheist. Uh, I'm largely agnostic, but um, I, I'm I'm all for religion if it's done. I hate using the word correctly because I can't give you a like a a textbook answer of what religion should be. But I know that it's not everything that it is right now in the world. I, but what what blows my mind yeah, is yeah. that there is exponentially more finances going into religions around the world and organizations, even, even just the church. When you look at how much, how many billions of dollars are going into the Christian industry, if you will, around the world versus how much is going into the scientific field of paleontology. I mean, it is, it is remarkable if I, I, maybe you can look up the stats how much on average annually is spent giving to the church versus giving to scientific fields. Like the thing with paleontology is when they find something new, it might make the newspapers, you know? Um, But as soon as it's out of the headlines, as soon as people get a quick buzz from it, like, Oh cool. They found a new dinosaur or whatever. As soon as they hear about it, people lose interest. It's like, oh, it's interesting for a moment, and then, okay, cool, we'll move on. You know, there's not that continuous flow of interest and finances coming into that field. Like, um, they for for the amount that they study and have spent on education and stuff, they're not getting paid super well in comparison to, you know, other people, including a lot of pastors. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like. But yet they are the ones with limited funding that are actually finding proof for what they believe in, whereas billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars are going into the church worldwide. Yeah, I, I, and, I'd have to do an in-depth search to find those stats. But uh, Yeah, you're fine, man. But I, I'm just saying that so much money is going to the church worldwide. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be, but I'm saying that if it is – that's a lot of resource that should be finding a lot of evidence for what they believe in, a lot of proof for what they believe in. And I see people on the other side with way less funding getting a lot more shit done as far as like finding close to empirical proof about things. Yeah. Yeah. There's an anthropologist that I've followed for a while. I cannot recall what his name is, but he is a professor at one of the, um, big Ivy League colleges over in the UK. Um, but he has a theory that religion was actually a device invented by man around the same time that man began thinking and reading and writing. Um, his idea is, so around the same time that religions were started to form, the very earliest, most primitive religions are about the same time that um, humans started having habitable places like living in caves instead of just being complete nomads. It was around the same time that we started writing on walls. Um, You know, going back to the, uh, you know, first, you know, cave descriptions and drawings and, you know, histories of like, you know, little stick men riding on horses and shit like that. Um, around the earliest stages of human actual cognitive development are the same time is the same time that religion was invented. 
And his theory, and this is not fact, this is just a complete theory, his theory, which is believable, is this idea that religion is a man-made device because we question, because we, as we begin to become cognitive and think about the fact that we are here, we also develop this idea that one day we're going to die because now we have the cognitive ability to understand that no other, no other animal in the world knows it's going to die. Cats and dogs, they're cute as shit, but they have no idea they're going to die someday. They live their whole lives running around, Not chasing balls. they're actually dying. <laughs> yeah, when they're actually dying, they're like, oh shit, what's right. happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> but they... Yeah, because I mean, a lot of animals, a lot of animals will go find a corner, lay down and be like, yep, I'm dying, bye. But it's not like before they got sick and started dying that they were thinking about it every day or that they understood it. Exactly. So his theory is we created it as almost, yeah, we, we created religion as an answer to the question, we are going to die one day. What happens when that, ha- what happens when that day comes? Um, and also his an alternative theory or kind of a second point or a, uh, a different thing that, that goes along with it. Um, it was more of a tribalistic mentality. Um, if you can have a group of people believe in one thing, then they can band together over that. So, you know, cognitive reasoning and tribalism are his, is his theory for why religion was invented in the first place. And, you know, his theory is that, you know, eventually we are going to evolve to a state. And, and I, I would say, like, you know, looking at the world and where it's at, we could be getting dangerously close to that. Um, if you're a super deeply religious person, then you should be scared of this. But, you know, his theory is that one day we will evolve to a state where we realize that we don't need religion, that we are humans, we are going to die. And there's nothing we can do about it. And we are an advanced race. We, you know, we've evolved to the point we understand all these things. And we don't have to come up with the answers. We just know it's going to happen. Um, so, and there's, yeah. a, there's a lot to that. He had an entire thesis written out. I probably didn't nail it down 100%. But I haven't read it in probably like six months or so. But, I mean, that that's what the guy's saying, that religion was something that we invented because of the evolution of the brain to understand that we're going to die and that one day we will evolve to a point that we will move beyond religion itself and not need it well i think it i think it's almost undeniable that that maybe he's putting too much of a blanket statement on it but i think it's undeniable that what he's saying does exist at least in certain cultures i mean certain cultures like primary religions are so obviously cults like um for the sake of tribalism you know when you look at like cannibalistic tribes and stuff like that like there's no way that all of that is rooted in in the truth you know like no way if that's if that is if that is your natural animalistic instincts kicking in and that's what you're doing then i guess you're just you know you're living like an animal i mean or whether that's right or wrong but to pin but to pin religion to it it just it doesn't even make it doesn't even make an ounce of sense i mean some religions you know maybe started with a lot more uh genuine and honest evidence for them you know 
maybe, you know, assuming that Abraham was real and God really did talk to him and stuff, that would be a legitimate reason to start a religion, you know, but <laughs> like you get into some really wacky cults and stuff where it's just like, yeah, you're definitely doing this like Scientology. Scientology exists because of intentional deception. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, but then you have, they uh, want <laughs> well, well, and then you have examples of like primitives, um, say down like in South America where there are still dozens of tribes who have don't even under they don't even realize that the world has advanced. They're so they're, they're so primitive that they are still living naked in the middle of the forest, don't know they they don't know anything exists other than the few people in their tribes. And these people are dancing around fires and they're, you know, chanting and singing to something. And you know, th- there's the question that that we, we pose as Christians, right? Like, if religion if religion's all fake, then why does why does every people in every you know um, society why do they all worship something and have a religion? Yeah. And and I would yeah. I would go back to this guy, you know, like, and his his thinking his theory of you know cognitive relevance and the necessity well, just, of a tribalistic I mean, nature. So. Yeah. I mean, just making it very personal and very relative. Look at what you and I are doing right now. Yeah. Like we, the stuff we're talking about and this, you know, stuff we're contemplating, the fact that we even have this podcast with this mission statement, like it is extremely obvious that humans have an obsessive need to further our information and make sense of the deep recesses of life like it is very obvious whether we have a soul and a spirit or not or if this is all just highly evolved cerebral ability we obviously have gotten to the point one way or another where we think like this and as far as we can tell we're the only creatures on earth that do it you know um that is like for one, we're very special and very blessed to be in the situation where our consciousness hasn't been put in an animal and it's been put in a, a human body that can even think this way. That's pretty freaking cool. But I mean, just looking at it like for real and making it personal, like it is obvious that there is an obsessive quality to humans that we have to have a reason for the things we do we have to have an understanding of what we believe we have to blah 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 or else we have a void inside that we just can't fill well um, that goes and back to spiritual people will say that that's the eternity put on your heart and you know stuff maybe it is well that goes back that obsessive nature you talked about i was going to bring that up too because um that goes back to another reasoning to why we have religion because we have this need to feel like our life is important even to the point where it is important beyond the time we die that i have in right that, that, that's, that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah i have this yeah. like i have this reasoning you know that i that my life has to have some intrinsic worthless or uh not worthless um limitless value worthiness. yeah worthiness this intrinsic worthiness, limitless value to it, that even after I die, I will not be destroyed. And that would go almost 
I mean, some people would say that's just a, you know, part of our human ego complex, you know, the fact that we can, you know, debate these things and think about these things and not want to die. We've developed this line of thinking that says, no, we're not going to die. Yeah. So. Yeah. And even, even it, even in the secular culture, we have people obsessing over up and coming technology of like, um, freezing your body and waking up a thousand years later and still being alive. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like even in people that don't think we have souls, people are trying to find ways to preserve our lives, elongate our lives, you know, yeah, we obviously obsess over it. Yeah. Nobody wants to die. Animals probably for the most part don't want to die either. If they realize that that's even a thing, but they are largely limitless over that. But it seems like we really feel like we have a chance of cheating death, either through religious things or through scientific things. But people on both sides obsess over it. So I think that guy has a point that maybe not all religion is this way, but I think a large portion of religion is just based on the social aspect of trying to control and unite a society to work together um, and also to give some deep sense of meaning and purpose to the life which we live. Yeah, I agree. And whether that but pur- whether that purpose is actually there or whether it's just a fabrication is all up to, you know, the person's interpretation of that. So, Right, right. And that's why he's saying um, he believes it's an evolutionary byproduct that will be weaved out. He thinks that that uh, that neediness for something more, that uh, desire for uh, magnificence and importance, he believes that's an uh, almost like an evolutionary flaw that's going to be rooted out eventually. Which is a pretty you know dramatic dramatic claim, but we'll see. If anything, see that it's it's. Uh, it's interesting that he would think that it would weed its way out because I would almost assume that it would continue to deepen. You know what I mean? If the, if the trend is that we went from primitive animals to intelligent animals to really intelligent animals to all of a sudden we have ideas about morality, right and wrong, uh, loving one another, burying each other, yeah. crafting stuff for the sake of art rather than necessity and building temples and stuff don't you think that at some point especially with the way we deal with technology today that we would just go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into that obsession until it just self-implodes like that's what i would think or but or hear me out you know we started off just thinking about that living in caves and then we started you know settling down hunting growing crops, building cities, building temples, learning art, learning technology, growing and growing and growing, building cars, ships, airplanes, spaceships, advancing (laughs) out into space. And who knows what, I mean, I've always hold the opinion that God could be anything. I mean, what if our idea of God is like, you know, the movie Alien, where it's just a super advanced life form that has just been around forever. I mean, think about it. Human Humankind has been around for, what, 6,000, 7,000 documentable years. Um, well, 
as far as like advanced well, life. They say, they say they say that when they carbon date the Sumerian artifacts, like the cuneiform tablets and all that stuff uh-huh. from Sumeria, they say that it's nine point something thousand years old. Okay, so let's say about ten thousand. You know, right. humankind is less than ten thousand years old. Who's to say? You know, if we can, you know, get a hold of our planet and make sure, you know, we're not all going to die, um, which I, I don't know what I think about the whole global warming thing. I think there's some truth behind it. I don't think it's as devastating as people think, but there obviously, you know, could be some catastrophic things that could happen, I guess. But, you know, say all goes well, humankind advances, grows, you know, we get thousands of um, thousands more years old. Say we get to, you know, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand years old as a species because we've advanced, we've grown. Who's to say that we couldn't get to the point where we could build technology that could travel out to other worlds? You know, we're already talking about, you know, Elon Musk wanting to habitate Mars. You know, right. who's to say in a, a thousand years, well, that's, give or that's take? That's just because he smoked. That's just because he smoked weed with Joe Rogan. <laughs> but but even in that, like they, they have this, they have this hoodie. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, who's to say that you know, like, okay, maybe that may maybe that was just like a pot smoking idea. But who's to say that in a thousand years we couldn't develop the technology to be able to go habitat habitate another planet? Next thing you know, Mars is another colony of Earth, and. You know, there's people living on that. We build advanced spaceships. We figure out light speed. You know, we're we're traveling through the galaxy. Next thing you know, we're developing. We're running into other life forms who are, you know, they could be, you know, a thousand years old or two thousand years old or whatever, much like we were at one point. And then, boom, we show up to them. All of a sudden, there's a god, something well, that's, that's um, far more advanced right. beyond us that just landed here. You know, who's to yeah. say that someone didn't land here? Give right. us, give us the right way to live. Give us the tools that we need to advance. You know, and you see it like every two thousand years or so. Uh, I, I know this was on an episode of Ancient Aliens, which is kind of like a people. Some some people say it's kind of a loony show, but honestly, I love Ancient Aliens not because I believe. I don't believe most of what they say, but it's a great show for the sake of just contemplating possibilities you know what i mean yeah i mean but who's to say man that you know someone the fact they had a professor someone on there that was talking about about every two thousand years or so um which lines up with most you know abrahamic religions as well which is like 90 percent of the world's religion (laughs) or something like that i mean there's a catastrophic event that happens about every 2,000 years that advances humankind. You know, who's to say that there are not, you know, intelligent life forms that are visiting us, taking on the personification as God or as, you know, this majestic being higher than us? Who's to say they're not just a super advanced... I mean, we've... NASA has caught, through the Hubble telescope, they've caught glimpses of... Um, things floating through the cosmos that shouldn't have been there. We've picked up radio signals from places far out in the galaxy that were um, uniformed and almost looked like they were put together. It could have just been something bouncing off a comet or whatever. 
but it could have been another life force life yeah life force trying to communicate or you know communicating with itself but we picked it up or whatever i mean those are you know what this sounds like what this sounds like we need to get crystal back on the podcast we do <laughs> you, you really do you know how many people have said that that's their favorite episode still even recently jo- yeah. the last podcast joseph was on he was like you know what my favorite episode was <laughs> the one with the aliens you know and that because, was like episode 20 something yeah i mean people want to talk about that yeah it's interesting I think, stuff man i think a lot of even a lot of christians are open to the idea that god is you know especially a lot of christians in our age group and our mindset you know, they're okay with the idea that God could be something completely different than than what we think it is. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely personally don't subscribe to the theory that God himself is a natural life form. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely yeah. believe that kind of the the... The heart of the reason why I even believe in God is because I believe that in order for something to have existed naturally, there had to have been a supernatural origin of it. No, that's just so your primitive, I do, your primitive I don't really, mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in the the theory of the Anunnaki, for instance, that yeah. you know we are just the offspring of aliens. Like, even if that were true, and that they're like our gods, so to speak. Like, even even if that were true. Where did the Anunnaki come from? Like at some point, I just think the the most logical assumption is that something outside the realm of physics. So I mean, initiate the laws of physics. Would you be open to the idea that maybe our brains, as young as they are, just cannot comprehend it? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm open to it. I would really hate for that to be the reality because. Like we've already said, I obsess over thinking that I can figure these things out. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that as a Christian. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm saying that as I, I 100% believe in God. But I'm yeah. still open to the well, idea right. that maybe as we are, as a race, our brains, you know, evolution is a super long process. Maybe our brains yeah. are not evolved to the point where we can look at God and we can look at the origins of everything and, and, and realize that, you know, it didn't have to come from something, or maybe there's another, there's another reasoning behind it. You know, maybe there's literally just like a blocker or something that's causing us uh, like a devil, not not a evolution, but like a not, you know, we're just not advanced enough to understand yet. Right, which which is totally, totally theoretically possible. Because, I mean, just just think of any other form of life other than humans. To our knowledge, they don't have they have blockers, if you will, yeah. that keep them from thinking as highly as we do. Because so, if they didn't, my dog would just start talking to me. Exactly, your dog cannot comprehend the english language you know what i mean like he he understands certain words but like your dog no matter how smart he is no matter how many times you sit him down in english class and do surely english with him and freaking phonics like he will never get it 
He just he doesn't have the capacity for it. No, he knows you know? he knows but, when, when I say potty, and I open the door, he goes out there and he pees and poops because if he doesn't, in the house I right. put him. He knows that when I say bone, oh, that's that thing I play with, and and daddy tugs on it, and you know he throws it across the house, and we have fun. You know he understands right. so, basic like Im- imagery type things. Dogs can learn commands, but they yeah, they will yeah. never animals will never understand the complex human language or or any other complex thing whether that be how technology works or the yeah. ideas of spirituality and stuff like that like they they just don't have the capacity for it to to, to understand it and that's nothing against them that's just no they're just dumb the way animals. they are they're just they're they're animals you know and as, maybe you know and, and i and i believe we are animals but we are obviously more sophisticated in our evolution i mean it and makes I, you wonder if if we did evolve from apes why are there still apes yeah well you know well the whole theory of evolution is that our cells evolve over time because of a need for adaptation if there's no need for adaptation they won't evolve so at some point our ancestral lineage split off in two different directions essentially that's a theory and chimps and gorillas and orangutans went one direction and we went the other and we had flaws that they didn't have and there was a need for us to continue to evolve because we had these flaws and we were getting raped by leopards in ways that they weren't so they've been able to survive for thousands and thousands and thousands of years with very minor evolutionary changes because they're totally cool they can reproduce they can thrive in their environments. They don't need to change. That's a theory. Crocodiles. Crocodiles have been around since like the Triassic period. They've been around for like 600 million years. Mm-hmm. They don't need to change. That's the theory. You yeah. know, they just have everything they need and they just eat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they much. just kill stuff and eat it and swim around. <laughs> so I guess my question um, just to reiterate it in like a new way is like, what if, you know, we cannot, because of blockers in our brain, we cannot begin to understand the complexity of life other than a mystical way, much in right. the same way that a dog will never understand the English language, no matter how much, how many times you sit down and talk to them. And even, and even if we it's get a glimpse of that language, so to speak, and we, do formulate an accurate assessment of what that means. That's still just one out of a million words. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's just a word. It's not a complete sentence. Like what if the universe itself has like some undetectable or barely detectable language that space itself is speaking through the vibrations and explosions and the nebulas and the, you know, yeah. like supernovas and the black holes. What if it's literally communicating to itself in like a language type thing and we just have no idea that that's what it's no. doing? What if the universe is talking to each other? Highly intelligent. Yeah, like the universe is, you know, talking to itself over galaxies and light years and we're like ants crawling around on the ground thinking that we're so important, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like we're building our little ant holes and. We've been, you know, relatively speaking, you know, we, we were living for like three days and then we die. 
You know what I mean? I mean, in the, like, in the scope of the universe, I mean, you know... It's less than that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're yeah. talking, yeah. you know, how long has Earth been around? What was the number you said? They, they, they say 4.5 something billion years. And we have existed as a cognitive human race for 10,000 of those 4 point something billion. Well, again, again, that's that's highly argued. I think a lot of the reason why they say 10,000 is because of, you know, the religious minority and anthropology, but the more as we get along with our fossil evidence and stuff, they're starting to think that it's into the millions of years. Okay, so even if okay, let's say let's yeah. say 5 million, 10 million, what's What's a good number? Uh, I, I'm think I'm thinking they're talking. Yeah, pr- probably probably somewhere between five and ten million years. Okay, let's say t- let's say that's ten not million. Homo sapiens. That's that's not Homo sapiens. That's not modern anatomical humans. But that is upright, basically cavemen type, semi intelligent humanoids. <laughs> yeah. So let's say you know ten million years. Let's let's high let's highball it out of four point three billion. It's a drop yeah. in the bucket, at least right. a, at least a small fraction of the the amount of time, and that's not even counting the Big Bang. I mean, you're you're saying right. another that's nine not... <laughs> another nine billion years on top of that before Earth Earth was even formed, right? And we all associate the occurrence of the Big Bang as being the beginning of the universe, when for all we know, that was just one big mass of elements that had maybe been around for quadrillions of years before it blew up. I mean, as you far know? as far as like, space works, I mean, that could have been just the collision of two other universes colliding. Yeah. Like that could have been around like, for far longer. We don't, that's the beginning. Who, who of, we, yeah. Who are we to say that there weren't other big bangs going on at the same time so far away dude the universe be banging bro they're banging what so the universe has been banging for longer than we can understand the universe just had an orgy and created a bunch of solar systems and stuff that was it you know that was it man we are the offspring of freaking grav i don't i don't know (laughs) well hey so so this is kind of what i think what if yeah the thing that blew up what what if the mass that blew up that was the big bang what if that literally is like the equivalent of one cell in god's brain in the course of him just thinking something and saying in his mind yeah let it happen i'm curious about thinking about what this would do you know here here's my thought i wonder what it would do you know like yeah that's kind of how i think about it like god is so outside the realm of physics that he's totally encompassing the whole thing and we don't make up any fraction of him he's just infinite so essentially yeah yeah, like everything we can observe with the telescope fits within one cell that just blew up in his brain well i mean the whole concept of god is that he has to he has to exist outside the realm of space and time um, because if he exists inside that yeah. realm of space and time, then he cannot be God. He can't be all powerful. He can't be all knowing. He right. can't be. Uh, he can't be everywhere at all places at all times. Like he can't be all of these things that we accredit him to be. If he lives and works in the constructs of 
what we know. So, you know, he he has to be bigger than that. He has to that's be. That's my fundamental. Yeah. You go for it. That's my fundamental issue with the concept of aliens being God. You yeah. know, is, okay, aliens might be somewhat divine in comparison to us, potentially, if we ever find them. But that doesn't mean that they are God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. Fundamentally, God is bigger than that. Fundamentally, if God is even the right term to apply to it, God is outside of the realm of anything that we can describe, you know? Um, Yeah. that's, That's my belief of what putting the term God on something should mean. You know, I guess that's just my definition, but like, that's what makes sense to me. Like what I'm trying to describe when I say God is that creature that I believe in that exists outside of his own creation. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't be, you can't be the creator of anything and exist inside of it. I mean, otherwise that thing would have never been created. Exactly. So it's, it's, Everything that we are, everything that is created has to have come from a little piece and portion of the creator. Like, we are a fraction of his, um, or her, or whatever. We're a fraction of that spirit's creativity. Yeah. But we probably aren't everything that they could possibly think up. You know what I mean? Like we're probably still just a, a small portion of the potentials of what God could create and do. And that's, that's yeah, again, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, I think that's a big problem I have with the narrow-mindedness and the singular-mindedness of, of religious peoples. It, it is this way and nothing else. God is bound to this type of criteria because it makes sense to me. But who are we to say that? I mean, God is way bigger than that if he exists yeah if god exists he shouldn't make sense to you <laughs> you shouldn't have all the answers yeah not not that we can't make sense of what he's done yeah. to an extent but to say that as a whole we understand everything about god exactly no, there's there's that is you that can't is the definition of arrogance you can't say that god is all powerful and then build a box to put him in yeah yeah, unless you also are saying that you're all powerful and somehow know everything, at which point you're just retarded if you say that. Yeah, I mean, look, the only person in history who has been able to say such things and make such claims was Jesus. He could make claims of the character of God, and he could make claims of who God was because he was God. He was God's son, the equivalent to God. Therefore, he had the authority and the capability to say who God was because he knew God. He was with God. He was the Word of God. Uh, according to the Bible, he was the Word of God before he was even a thought in in Earth. So I mean, no no one else on on planet Earth, no one else on the planet Earth should be able to make those kind of claims about who God is and who He isn't. Because all we the only thing we have to judge off of is a book that was written thousands of years ago and a bunch of secondhand testimonies from the origin from Jesus who was here. That's what we have. And we have the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, right. but that shit's been fake so much you don't know what's real from fake anymore. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah. 
I'm definitely again. I'm definitely open to all this stuff, and and, and a portion of me wishes that it, it could be proven, and wishes that there was somebody out there really continuing to show me evidence that really would sway me to believe. But at the same time, I feel that it's necessary at this point in my life. I mean, if it happens, happens that'll be uh, a big exciting day in my life. Until then, I'm I'm not getting overly distraught over the fact that people are showing evidence. Because to me, that's one step closer to what the truth actually is and one less distraction yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, hey, man, so, it's uh, it's been about an yeah. hour and 50 minutes. Um, you said this was going to be a short one. <laughs> but, hour uh, and 50 yeah, we're at recording time, an hour and 47 minutes right now. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, you're good, dude. Your network has been cutting out in and out a little bit, but I'll be able to... We'll be we'll be good. Yeah. Well, good conversation, <laughs> man. We can uh, continue it later. I still have stuff I could talk about that I've been trying to squeeze in here, but we keep going off on tangents. But uh, You free tomorrow? We'll, we'll hit it. <laughs> uh, probably not. No. Yeah. But it's okay, man. We'll. I, I'm not gonna forget it. We'll. We'll hit it. We'll hit it later. Because it's. It's. It's a good. It's a good point to to break and then make a part two later on. So we're we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everybody, thanks for listening. If you want Crystal back on the podcast, hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on our email. Um, all those things are just, uh, yeah, I've said them a million times. If, if you don't know what they are, just go back to a previous episode. I'm tired of repeating it every episode. Insert plugs here. Bada boom, bada bang. I'll put them in the description or something. Thanks for listening, everybody. And again, we have been Pilgrims and Prodigals podcast. Uh, don't forget to go to iTunes and give us a rate and a review. Tell us what you think. It could be a one star, it could be a two star, a five star, whatever you want. We prefer the five stars, but it's whatever you want to do. Um, and again, we are working on some merch stuff. Um, we talked about it in our last episode. If you want to go over to Patreon and support us there, once we get to 10 patron supporters, we're going to start printing off stuff. And if you, if you are one of the first 10 supporters, um, we're going to go ahead and send you a free coffee mug with our logo imprinted on it. So, yeah. Uh, so go ahead and head over there, uh, join our patron group. And we're going to start putting out every episode, every week, we're going to put out extra episodes just like this, uh, where we just have extra conversations and talk more. So be, uh, stay tuned for that. Feel free to join that. If you want, go to iTunes, Facebook, all that jazz yada 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 and uh we will see you guys soon peace